to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the -the on-the-ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. So welcome everybody to Serviced Accommodation Secrets, the podcast. And very excitingly here today, we have Paul Anderson, the social media hotelier and hospitable host, Jodie Sterling's amazing project with over 30 hosts, writing a chapter of a book that will really help in the industry and inspire lots of people. So Paul, thank you so much for joining me. Sally, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to to spend half an hour or so talking about about hosting and social media and that whole world. It's very, very exciting to be involved in this in this book project as well. Isn't it? It's so good. There are people from all around the globe and you're in the UK like me. So you're in Oxford, aren't you? I am. I'm in East Oxford in uh, a neighbourhood called Headington. So I'm about a mile and a half out from Oxford City Centre. Um, and I'm sat now in the building that was my childhood home. So we moved here in 1986. um, And having been uh, working and living in South America for a few years, I came back in 2008, bought the house and turned it into a guest house. Fantastic. So from that time, then you've been running it as a guest house, have you? That's exactly right. So I came back in 2008, um, did quite a lot of work to the building, um, fire regs and internet and ensuite bathrooms and all that good stuff. Um, my first guest arrived on the 21st of June 2009, so I'm coming up for 13 years now. Wow. Um, and it, life was very good. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was a bachelor and um, it, I could turn it on and turn it off whenever I wanted. I'd never, I'd never done anything like it before. Um, I had worked in hospitality and restaurants and bars and these types of things, but I, I, I just took to it like a duck to water. and things were very, very straightforward and, and easy for years and years and years. Wonderful. Uh, Oxford's an amazing place, isn't it, as well? So I'm guessing would that be tourists or people coming um, for longer times as well? You would be surprised. Um, August is August and January would have always been traditionally my quietest months. Uh-huh. And that's predominantly, um, and I remember as a child someone saying, well, it's great here in the summer because locals get the city back. Okay. So being a university city with Oxford Brooks, previously the Oxford Polytechnic, and then Oxford University down the hill, um, when the students aren't here, that's when the professors go, that's when the conferences start to wind down a little bit. The whole city just gets quieter, Um, frequently replaced by language students. But they, of course, want to be hosted within family so they can practice their language and see the culture and immerse themselves. Um, so traditionally, August has always been a really good time for, for me to take a break and go on holiday. So in Headington, uh, within 10 minutes walk of the house, there are six hospitals and four of my six rooms are single rooms. Now, I, re- I remember when I opened people looking at me slightly sideways saying, if you've only got two double rooms, how, how are you gonna how are you gonna trade? And it didn't occur to me. I had the opportunity, um, and I took it with both hands and ran at it. But it turns out that lots of people have spouses who are having knees replaced or having stents put in and that type of thing. So I would certainly say that hospitals would be the bread, and then the universities would be the butter. So not just um, the okay. academic year year cycle with people dropping off their kids and that type of thing. Um, 
but certainly com people coming to deliver conferences um, pre-COVID. Certainly, I had about half a dozen academics who would come for three or four days a week, teach, and then go home again. So the university right. and the hospitals were the bread and butter. On top of that, there's a lot of business here. BMW plant Oxford is just up the way where they make the mini. Um, and okay. then tourism was never more than a, has never been more than about eight and a half nine percent of my income. Okay, that's really interesting. And I think yeah. that's predominantly because so Sandfield Guesthouse is on the London Road in Oxford, and it's the same piece of tarmac that becomes Oxford Street in London. And so there are buses oh, that go amazing. every fifteen minutes with lots of legroom and Wi-Fi. And I sound like I'm plugging a bus company, but the location is <laughs> ideal. Um, and, and, and it served me very, very well. When I met my wife at my sister's wedding um, uh, eight, eight or so years ago, had my wife not been living in West London, I don't think I don't think the relationship would have would have gone anywhere. It was easier for her to come and visit me here in Oxford than it was to visit my sister in Islington. Oh, how funny. That's so we get a lot of day trippers. So if you go down to something like the Ashmolean Museum, which is the country's oldest public museum, um, it's just coach after coach after coach. And then everyone would just piles oh. in and pillages places like Chipping Camden and the Cotswolds and all that type of thing. And they move oh. their way through. Right. OK. I love your terminology there. <laughs> pillage. Pillage. Yes. Pillage. Get all the, all the flour and all the honey <laughs> and try and leave nothing but a footprint behind them. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, that's really fascinating. And now you have your family there as well, obviously. So generation three in the building. Yeah. Generation three in the building. So we've got Audrey, who's three, and Cameron, who's five. Oh, lovely. That's great. I love young kiddies. Mine are big now. So, nice. well, I love mm. them too, obviously. But <laughs> my, and my, my son's in his first year at primary school, and it's 50 years to the month that he started that my mother started a teaching career in the same in the same school. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, proper so community. Everyone knows everybody. It's, it's ace. Most of the time it's ace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know your dad. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Your hands oh, off my apple. Really... <laughs> it's really good. It's, you know, your, your house has been in the family so long. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, and I think part of part of the, the offering, so Sandfield House, it's important to point out is one of four guest houses out of five buildings um, is lo known locally as the strip or if you want, oh, you go down the strip, you stay somewhere there. Okay. Um, and I think one of, one of the key things that changed the way I think about what I do and how I do it was to appreciate that my other three neighbors, they do exactly the same thing as I do. Right. So they're all on the London road. They can get to London in a heartbeat. They're all warm. They're all comfortable. They're all clean. They all serve breakfast. They've all got showers. You can wash. You can have a cup of coffee in the morning, blah, blah, blah. But the distinction is I can't do what they do in the same way that they do it. Hmm. And they can't do what I do in the same way that I do it. So I am the smallest of the four. And okay. I've always been a one man band, but they will have a, a chef and a couple of waitresses and a cleaning crew and da, 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 and, it, and so it goes on. Yeah. And and when I realized that, and it was doing some work with a friend of mine who's a content marketer, she kept saying, what is your brand? And she kept pushing it. And ultimately, I kind of nervously went back and I said, I think I might be my brand. Feeling like I was kind of blowing smoke up my proverbial, but uh, <laughs> there's got to be a better, uh, feeling like I was blowing my own trumpet. You can cut that back out. Yeah. <laughs> and 
and and she said yes i would just needed you to get there on your own so doing things like putting my face on my marketing because it's only ever me who answers the door or serves breakfast or cooks you this special poached eggs with whatever strange yeah. thing you might want with it um just then flows into the fact that i have lived here i have been away i've been a student in london and i've been to south america for three or four four years but having lived here since 1986 i don't I'm certain of it that my that my neighbours here and in Headington there are about 15 guest houses in total. I don't think anyone has got the local knowledge that I have. And so to be able to deliver that to people and enhance that experience, I think is what makes the distinction. And to be fair and to be honest, that's the bit of the job I love the most. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. So years ago, I had two very elderly Dutch ladies. They must have been in their late 70s, early 80s coming. They, I discovered before they arrived that they were coming because they were massive fans of Morse. Okay. Morse, Inspector Morse is a very Oxford thing. Yeah. Next to you, slip down the road and all that. Um, mm -hmm. So I was talking through maps. I said, well, if you go to this pub, you'll recognise that. But if you go to this lane, Merton Lane, you will instantly recognise the buildings and the cobbles if you're a massive fan. So they go off for the day. And when they come back, they're like giddy schoolgirls. They're just kind of trembling with excitement. And I was like, did you, did you have a good day? He said, yeah, yeah, we went down that lane and, and they were filming Lewis. I said, oh, you got to see them filming. And they said, yes. And they asked us to be extras. <laughs> and it's that type of, that type of um, response or that type of, 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 I can't think of the right, of the right word for it, but that, that for me, even thinking about it now, I'm just wearing a massive grin because I can picture yeah. their faces. Um, and they sent me uh, a copy of the episode that they were in and they told me when, 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 when I would see them. And they were in for about four seconds. Oh. But it absolutely made their trip. And I think being able to do that, I'm sure they're not alive anymore, in fact, I'm fairly certain, but they would have told that story for years and years oh when we went to Oxford we were in it and we've got a copy of it that that type of memory to last through to be able to give that to people yeah and it's no it's it's no skin off my nose it doesn't cost me anything it's no it's no trouble but to be able to give people that type of experience is incredibly rewarding it's amazing isn't it I mean I guess if we go anywhere if, if somebody takes the time to just give you one nugget of local information that turns out to make your stay it's just brilliant, isn't it? I love that. So they were so excited, I'm sure. That's they were trembling. Oh. <laughs> like, like they were Beatles fans in the United States when they played. They were just like <laughs> screaming almost inside, but they were just a bit older and reserved, you know. Yeah, 15 mm -hmm. seconds of fame. I love it. That's great. Oh, and I think that there's so much to be said for that, isn't there? And the local knowledge and the familiar face as well, because although you're saying you're worried about you being your brand, people love to know they love a bit of certainty and security don't they they don't want some sort of faceless um team of people they have no idea who they are it's absolutely and when i started doing this i was in my my mid early 30s and I, I distinctly remember opening the door and people being quite surprised that someone of that age was running a guest house so yeah people who are more my age now and a, a little bit older <laughs> and i found that once i started putting myself out there as my brand. I wasn't nervous about doing that. I just didn't, I just thought it was a bit arrogant or a bit cocky of me, but it's not. No. Um, as soon as I did that, that that type of response when I opened the door, oh, you must be poor. 
Yeah. It was a much was a much easier way to welcome people into what's been my family home for 35 years. Yeah. Then, oh, you're a bit younger than I thought. You sound <laughs> that young on the telephone. Like, oh, what? And I, I think that 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 ties into um, very very keenly that certainly running a guest house and short short term rentals. If 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 a business is um, at the end of things where people are going to a code box and getting a key and you're not meeting greeting people but hmm. certainly when it comes to hosting hosting I don't okay. think I don't think there's there's any other livelihood that is as social I don't think you could hope to engage in anything that's more social hmm. social work yeah. perhaps but that's very different um but so it, it is it is a very very social enterprise and being an extrovert I need that external input that stimulus yeah and I, I absolutely love it Awesome. I've loved it. Fantastic. And so for the last couple of years, things have been a bit strange, obviously, globally. So um, how did um, things affect you during the pandemic here in the UK? Massive, massively, massively. Um, I was very fortunate in that I had the corporate, corporate director, director of corporate affairs for the Oxford NHS Trust stay with me um, from oh. about the October. He was a long term guest and one of the senior people at the Jenner Institute. So about 800 yards away is where they designed the, Ox the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. Oh, amazing. Um, I know now subsequently his nose was a bit put out of joint when he wasn't on the New Year's honours list. So that gives you an idea about how, how senior he <laughs> okay. was. Um, um, but certainly in the run up to Christmas and just after Christmas, um, I was party to, and they, they involved me in a lot of their conversations. Um, don't want to swear on a on a podcast, but the, the general message was was Paul. People really don't know how much bleep is going to hit the fan. It's is going to be enormous, and yeah. and then offered advice as to as to how I might start setting myself up. So even by the mid end of February, I switched off breakfast. I'd gone room only. Yeah. Um, I had about 20 litres of gel already. So when everyone was running around, I was thinking, well, maybe I could sell some of this. And then and then the online travel agents told everyone uh, on March 23rd, 24th, when the lockdown was was kind of formally hit, uh, hit the United Kingdom or England, certainly, um, that they could have their money back on non-refundable deposits. And, yeah. uh, and so the first the first response was, where am I going to find this money that I've already spent? Because you, you run on a cash flow and that type of thing. And you know that some people are going to cancel. And, but it was, it was, that was terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying to have the tap turned off and then having to put water or put money back into the system. Um, yeah. And that, that, that was my first dawning in that I need to be building my own house on my own land and I can't necessarily, I can't, really have a secure business moving forward just from a business perspective yeah something like that can just side blind you and just you know put you from the black into the red basically yeah yeah um and then very quickly i i found there, there were a lot of people in a similar situation i don't know why but a lot of the people i was speaking to were in cumbria oh that was interesting um um they were it, it seems to me that certainly up in Cumbria um, is people will often have a very successful career and then they'll have children and they'll have a nice big house with a view and then the kids will leave and then they'll think, oh, let's turn it into a B&B. &B. Okay. 
seems to be a fairly regular way of doing things and these people may be in the 60s or 70s um yeah. and it's it's very easy now just to put up a few pictures and a few words stick it on booking.com or expedia or airbnb and chances are you will start selling rooms unless you yeah. do something wrong you will start selling rooms and i think people then just rely on that mm-hmm. and they don't think oh i could do my own marketing or, oh i could do book direct or I could push this, that and the other, because everything is ticking along nicely. If it's not broken yeah. and you wouldn't fix it. Yeah. So when that rug was pulled out mm. and people were having to give money back hand over fist, yeah. thousands and thousands of pounds. Yeah. Um, it, it put some businesses that I know to the wall. They were like, forget this, we're gonna stop, we're gonna have to sell. Um it's terrible, isn't it? I very quickly started um lobbying politicians and campaigning. So the original grants were put out were given to businesses that had business rates. Yeah. And I found myself in a position where Oxford City Council has said, no, you're not significant, you're not substantial enough to pay business rates, so you're council tax. Okay. And there were thousands of other bed and breakfasts. I think the B&B Association estimated there were about 12,000 bed and breakfasts in a similar um, situation who were, yeah. who were going concerns in people's families' homes. So not only were they looking at losing their businesses, but they were looking at losing their homes. Mm. Um, I have some fairly, I have some very, very strong contacts in the political world and, and just lobbied for what ultimately became the Local Authority Discretionary Grant Fund. Good. And did a lot of um, education work so I put my ex-lawyer's hat on and discovered that if there was a manifest error on the listings, you could have them backdated. Okay. So it took about eight months, but in the end, I, I got a grant and I got my I got overpaid council tax for 11 years back. And there were a Good. lot of other people doing that. Yeah. And in, in doing that, I think that was what kept me going, kept me running, because people were phoning yeah. me up, going, what do I do, what do I do? And it just gave me something specific to be getting on with. Yeah. In the meantime, a friend of mine who, who had bought a pub three months before lockdown. Oh, <laughs> no, what bad luck. Uh, like a pub in place with rooms, beautiful, yeah. beautiful it is, um, turned the pub into a community shop. Okay. So given that there were all these hospitals, and I was the only person still trading, the last man standing in Headington, I knew that I, I could I could help um, accommodate doctors, nurses, porters. Yeah. Um, would you believe even on the list were elite athletes and their support teams? Sure. Whoever's the People going for funerals yeah. and all that. So I was. What what I did was I just put myself in front of the NHS and said, "I've got a car park. If you want to use it, help yourself." Yeah. And just kept asking them, "What what can we do to help you out?" Yeah. Uh, and the resounding thing that came back was. We don't, when our people come off shift, they can't get hold of vegetables. They can't get hold of fresh produce. Oh, okay. and so we organized when Simon was about to run out of his food or it was about to go out of date, you just drive a van down to the hospital, open the doors and let people pile in. Um, and without meaning to, just that whole notion of karma and everyone pulling together and everybody mm. helping each other out without any vested interest. And, and I think not asking for something back yeah it was absolutely key the nhs then blocked booked the entire building for 12 weeks amazing yeah because they had tried to get people in but because it's such a large organization and i i know this from my experience with the royal air force reserves is that it can take a long time to get something to happen sure. so we would have circumstances where there'd be an outbreak on a ward the nurses or the porters couldn't go home because someone in the family was shielding yeah. and so they wanted to parachute people in 
Yeah. But it would take three or four days, working days, for that sign-off to happen. Right. So they block book the entire building, and I'd just get phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. Someone will be there in half an hour. Okay, right, do they right. want to coffee? What do they want? And they were just dropping people in and pulling them out. Um, That's perfect for them, then, because they had the prediction they had somewhere to stay that they knew was trusted and good yeah. so and they knew they, awesome. knew they could get five people in at the drop of a hat so we had yeah. a little spreadsheet so they knew what was available and what wasn't so they could respond very 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 quickly um and that that's what saved our bacon that happened three days after we had the estate at the estate agents in to value the property because we thought oh. we might have to sell it oh bless you well well done and it shows helping people and just offering you you know anything you can do yeah you just have to hustle you have to hustle as well yeah. um, my, my dad always used to say to me if, if opportunity isn't knocking you you have to go and build doors yeah and so the so the flip side of that hustle was going down dare I say it to local places like Travel Lodge there are other available accommodations like Premier and da, da, da. we're going mm -hmm. in at night time um and and taking taking note of the phone numbers on the side of the contractor's vans and then yeah. companies and saying, I know you're working around the corner. Why are you staying down there? You can stay yeah. and just, yeah. just getting at it and getting on it. Yeah. And a lot of the people I spoke to trying to help them. Certainly one of my neighbors, I remember saying to me, I don't know why you're doing all of this. I don't know why you're running around doing all this because no one's going to stay. No one's coming. There's a lockdown. That's so negative, isn't it? So negative. <laughs> Um, and then I forget what happens, um, but they asked me if I could if I could accommodate someone. Oh, that that's it. We, there was a brief respite. Yeah. And they'd furloughed and laid off staff and all that type of type of thing. And they had they had one of their regular guests. They said, "Could you look after her for five days, please?" Right. And I said, "No, I can't." And they said, "Why?" I said, "Well, <laughs> I'm fully booked for the next eight weeks." And they were just you could just hear the phone drop at the other end. They were just they were closed oh, presumably because they'd been closed all that. Yeah. Time they hadn't yeah. gone out they did have staff to look after but they hadn't gone out hunting for it they were just no. waiting for booking.com to go oh you can sell rooms again yeah and when booking.com and airbnb were actually shut um it's kind of awkward isn't it mm. so. <laughs> well i think that's amazing we stayed open too and it, it was amazing to be able to help people and everyone pulling together and it really showed how hosts can really serve the community i think so absolutely right. that's absolutely. fantastic amazing story thanks for that Paul it's, it's really really fantastic that you know you're able to do all that I'm starting to think I should have put that in my chapter for, for, for the book I didn't, I, didn't put any I was of wondering if you had actually I had a fairly fairly limited word count so yeah there were some things that had to, well, make, I'm sure, had to go onto I'm, the floor yeah I'm sure your chapter's amazing but you know we've got the podcast so it's all good and really thinking about um, building your house on somebody else's land, as you were saying, with booking.com, all the OTAs, um, you've really developed a lot of um, services for people with Instagram, haven't you? And um, it's, I've done one of your campaigns, which was really informative. I had no idea about most of what I learned in that week. So thank you for that. You're very, very welcome. <laughs> so would you like to share a bit about that and how that started? Yeah, so what I realised during lockdown, because it did afford an opportunity for me to step back and, and assess, in fact, it forced me to do that. Um, it dawned on me that with the with the advent and the rise of review websites like TripAdvisor and the online travel agents, that rather than when I started, I used to make trifold brochures and I go pound in the pavement and work hard, advertise, advertise some more and then make sure you've advertised properly and just do it again. 
yeah. that that just tailed off yeah. and, it, and it dawned on me i'm not putting myself out there it's it's networking and contacts but i'm not putting myself out there um and so i did a quick google search for free marketing or free advertising agencies and lo and behold youtube instagram facebook whatsapp the email marketing all cropped up um and i did one of mark simpson's and boostley's boot camps with facebook now i'm not a massive fan of facebook but i saw enormous results very right. very quickly awesome so i had a facebook page and it had been stagnant but once i started doing something with it in a meaningful way it, it took off so i thought right what am i going to do next i thought twitter don't know anything about twitter i'll get a twitter account um and i've always been a very keen photographer so i've enjoyed instagram from a photo sharing perspective nice um, yeah I thought, right i'll do instagram facebook and twitter and i'll do exactly the same thing with tweaks for each format but it was instagram that took off or my instagram right. account took off and yeah my wife will say that i was obsessed <laughs> i think i probably still am i, I think she needs to change her, her tense from was to is mm. um and for me it was the it was the crossover between the dynamic creative space that Instagram provides, and it is it is wide and broad, um, and it allows for a lot of creative fun to be had. Mixed up with the the more technical side of things, so looking at insights and numbers, and I love gadgets. I've got ring lights in my oh, okay. I like all that. Um, to give you an idea, my my A levels were maths, physics, economics, okay, and art. And art. And it was oh, art that I did best at. Had I not <laughs> done the art, the other three would have been much harder. Mm. So that that I'd never really, it never really dawned on me, but that that mashup of technical and creative really suited yeah. me. And I think that started to come through. I, I I know that started to come through, and my enjoyment of it started to come through. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I took the principles that I'd learned um, from uh, Mister Mister Simpson and started applying them to my Instagram and. At the time, it was quite quiet at the guest house, so the NHS was was kind of getting on a steady footing. Um, trade was very very low. I just really applied myself to it, and what I discovered was that as as I became more engrossed in it, and I was enjoying doing it, then I was gaining more followers and more engagement rates. And what I did when I started was I with Google Analytics. I started to track how many visits to my guest house's website were coming from social media, but I limited it just to Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And all of my creation was focused on Instagram. And then I was literally just repeating what I'd done into Facebook. Right. I started at about four and a half percent. It's now about 48% of the last look. That's amazing. And I know that that's predominantly through Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I then spotted that of my six, seven hundred followers, a good half of them were other guest houses and glamp sites and short term rental businesses. And I thought, oh, people are having a little look at what I'm doing. And, and I'm quite happy for it. Kind of beg, borrow, steal. And, you know, if it works for me, why wouldn't it work for someone else? You tweak it, you know. Yeah. And then people started asking questions. How did you do this? Why did you do that? <laughs> And that's unusual and why do you always wear a silly orange hat and that type of thing um, <laughs> um and i started to think well you know maybe maybe the 
there is there's something in this so the the guest house isn't uh, wasn't making enough money to pay the bills at the time um so we were drawing down on savings and leaning on grants and all that yeah um and then full circle mark simpson asked me to put together um a short series of videos for him and i was happy to do that um and they're sat in his booster academy vault and i know people are enjoying them um, they're all about guest avatars and speaking singularly to your ideal guest rather than to your target market. Oh. And then a lady called Jenny Boyles um, invited me um, to put a presentation for her um, direct booking success summit at the back end of last year. And I thought, you know what, if other people are making money out of me, maybe maybe I ought to be <laughs> making a little bit of money definitely. out of myself. <laughs> um, and so that was pretty much my, my imposter syndrome gone at that point. Oh. And I thought, right, so what do I need? So I set myself up with a website, still a bit clunky. Uh, I set myself up with uh, with an Instagram account for the Social Media Hotelier. So it's at the Social Media Hotelier. And I, I've literally just been um, telling and publishing there what I wish I had known at the, at the you know, mid 2020, so 18 yeah. months, two years ago, um, just to get just to get that out there without thinking, oh, I'm going to sell anything and so on and so forth. But what, what has now happened is I now have a, a suite of um, kind of service products, really, from one on one coaching um, to auditing with recommendations. And I've just taken on my second done for you client. So we're working through a strategy yeah. to get the foundations right. I always insist on doing that because if I'm if I'm posting and creating on behalf of another business without those fundamentals, then I'm, I'm just scattergunning. Um, yes. I'm, I'm not targeted. I can't, I can't demonstrate or deliver value or benefit. So right. it's not just a question of creating posts and pinging them out there. It's about identifying avatars, yeah. a strategy, a scheduling route, a marketing plan, basically. Yeah. Um, designed for Instagram, but my clients and other people that I've helped along through that strategy process then use it on facebook website email so it's yeah. multi-compartment it's, it's multi multi-purpose as such because it's fundamental marketing from an accommodation and a host perspective my okay. my narrow niche is i help hosts market their accommodation businesses on instagram that's awesome I mean, it's perfect i think instagram isn't it because it's so visual and places to stay whether it's apartments houses you know bnbs um whatever location it is as well the area so you've got your destination marketing as well as the actual property that's amazing on instagram doesn't it absolutely and there are there are two things that adam maseri who's the ceo of instagram is is doing and they are both really designed to stave off the onslaught of TikTok. And the first thing is he's creating, or has created Instagram Reels. They're the equivalent of TikToks. Um, and for anyone who thinks they need to get involved in that, don't worry, you don't have to prattle about dancing around like an idiot. Um, there are, there are, <laughs> you don't even have to get your face on the screen. So don't think you've got to be 17 and silly um, to use them. But the other thing that Instagram is doing, and there, there has been talk of it for about 15 months or so, um, we all, those, those who are interested in Instagram, know that Instagram is becoming increasingly searchable. Right, yeah. So things, so not your app handle, but things like your username, um, your captions, even your images AI is making those searchable because it can now identify things. Um, your, your profile page, your bio is becoming searchable. So the conversations that are being had are Google does not like Instagram. They don't oh. get along. And if you do a quick Google search, 
say just pick out a few keywords from a post that you've done you won't see any results from instagram okay if you put a hashtag in it, you might start seeing the hashtag results, okay. but you won't yeah. see any results. So there are conversations to, to try and bridge that gap to yeah. make friends. Okay. Um, but in order by in order to make it more searchable, and I'll give you a really good example. I did um, Dangerous Goods by Road course with the Air Force at the back end of last year. Hmm. Um, I'm 45, so it's me with about eight or nine, nine 20 to 25 year old squaddies. <laughs> Okay. And I thought, this is going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. It was. They, they were really, really great. Um, they were, let's see, eight guys and a, and a girl. But the guys were all in one room. And I thought, this is a really good opportunity to understand the, the older end of Gen Z. Yeah. So I said to them, I said, when you, when you go somewhere with the army, if, you've got, if you're being housed in barracks, that's one thing. But if you're looking for your own place to stay because you're doing something slightly unusual, yeah. How do you find out where to go and what to do and where to stay? And they said, well, we, what we usually do is we'll, we'll open up Instagram and we'll put in where we're going. So I don't know, we're going older, we're going to Aldershot. They put Aldershot. Yeah. Um, of course, one of the younger guys said, yeah, strip joints in Aldershot. Said, okay, brilliant. <laughs> um, but the kind of bars and places to eat and if they need, and where to stay. So people are using Instagram in order to find information yeah sure. when it's not on their own home home turf and so i said mm. well what, what do you do then well we find oh there's a there's a there's a cocktail bar and they're doing a happy hour and they'll look at some pictures and go oh that that looks cool and then they'll dig deeper they'll go to the website or they'll go somewhere else so yeah as a result of being searchable if you're if you're slightly crafty about it you can make yourself appear in the search results so i'm sanfield guesthouse oxford yes and my my username is sanfield guesthouse oxford and it just happens that guest and house and Oxford are really good keywords for people Research. who want to stay in Oxford. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'm also fortunate enough that every year in Oxford, somewhere between 12 and 15,000 18 year olds rock up. Yes. <laughs> now, they, they've all got digs, but what I've noticed increasingly so, and it, it's, it's, it's almost becoming frequent, is that even though my guest avatar, so my ideal customer, my ideal guest, doesn't use Instagram. Hmm. They are saying to me, I only check your website out because my daughter spotted you on Instagram. Sure. So they're finding it for their parents and relatives. That's fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely. And the the upper age, depending on, on where you get your stats from of Gen Z, is, is between 25 and 26 years old. Right. So I've definitely got a sense of wanderlust, having been cooped up for a couple of years. <laughs> have disposable income. Yeah. Have have parents for Mum's Day, Dad Day, yeah. get togethers because no one has for a long a long time. And um, it was only a week or so ago I read this amazing stat, blew my mind. It's of the order of about forty two percent of the world's consumer market is Gen Z. Wow. And, and that when, was, when you I think mean... it through, it's actually fairly fairly obvious why. If you think of the yeah. demographic triangle, they yeah. are just above that bottom level. Yeah, so they are influencing the marketing and the change and the consumer habits because they, they are it. Yes, it's fascinating, isn't so it? Getting to them, one, for future proof. Yeah. Secondly, if they think it's nice for themselves, that's great. And they've got the disposable income. But even yeah. if they're not your avatar, their parents probably are. Yeah. Or their uncles or their, and it becomes a word that. of mouth thing. 
Wonderful. And yeah, and as they get older, they won't stop using Instagram, will they? They'll keep using it and it'll develop and everything. No. Although my, my godson, who's 17, said to me, Instagram? What? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's just moved on. He's, he's, he's beyond it now. He's, he's right. in whatever new platform is going to be next. So the, okay. there is a window. Um, but I, th I think there's a good 15, 20 years in that window. Yeah, fantastic. So I think you've shared loads of things already that will be really beneficial to hosts. And um, so I do thoroughly recommend that new hosts, existing hosts, look you up because I think it's so valuable for those direct bookings coming in and being searchable. I think that's fantastic, Paul. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. It's been I haven't really thought of it in those times. It's just been nice to nice. Nice to talk shop because everyone in my house thinks I'm bonkers. <laughs> you might be, but you know, that's not a bad thing, is it? <laughs> no, no, I don't like being the same as everybody else. That's certainly oh, sure. and um, with the book, did you get involved in Hospitable Hosts through Mark or did Jodie approach you or how did that happen? Um, Jodie, it was through Jodie. Um, she. Okay. I think I think as as my my profile had had risen, I, I think she just set set her mind on just not badgering me, but she was Paul. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be fine. It'd be great. It'll do you this, and you're launching a new business, and so on and so forth. And um, it was a, about the time that I decided yes, I, I would I would love to contribute it. It was when things for the social media hotelier were were starting to to shift from a side hustle to to becoming something fairly fairly serious actually. Yeah. Um, fun but important and serious. Yeah. Um, and taking up a lot of time and a lot of late nights putting together videos. Oh. And I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the ones a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Trying really to present did. them with COVID anyhow. Um, <laughs> oh, you did. And, you did. So I thought. I thought it I thought it would be fun and I had an inkling about the other people who were involved and I knew it would help the profile of the social media hotelier. But subsequently, um from a from a selfish personal point of view, um the connections and the absolutely stellar company that I find myself in. I know. Is is yeah. just just astonishing. And I do kind of pinch myself and go, yeah, I'll my name's too. next to all of these in this or will yeah. be in this book and and in fact we wouldn't i think it's highly unlikely that we would be speaking today had it not been for the book no and okay. i think it, it it ties in nicely with the idea of one being hospitable two being a host three helping people and not really expecting anything back like the old ladies who were in yeah Lewis. yeah um, I, they they had already booked it already paid and just that that networking and that community and that collective that collaborative um, ethos and direction is, is is something that I absolutely love and it, I think if you can get on that wave and it's good karma and it's good juju and you you always act genuinely mm. and the wave will just carry you yeah and it feels amazing it does feel amazing. I completely agree. So many people from around the world. There's Julie George and Stacey St. John and, oh, I don't know, so many people. And it's like, wow. So, yeah, grateful thanks to, to Jodie for having such a fab idea in the first place. But wonderful to meet you this way too. How she's pulled 40-odd people from around the world together. I, I know from speaking to her, it has been a little bit like herding cats at times. It's an amazing <laughs> achievement to get us all corralled. In Isn't it? And with everything, uh, yeah, absolutely astonishing. 
Yeah, and I was like you with the imposter syndrome, but I just kept saying, oh, yeah, I'll speak to you tomorrow, Jodie. Oh, yeah, sorry. And Mm -hmm. finally I thought, oh, God, I really need to do this. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I think it's I think it's one of those things once you make the decision then it's very very easy you just you just run with it don't you yeah it seems obvious and I think it would be really inspiring for everybody who gets the book and reads it and so many different perspectives and so many stories and and people do fall into um running a b&b or a short-term rental often by accident yes um and just the different perspectives on it and the different journeys to get there um I haven't read anyone else, one else's, but I know Mark Simpson very well. I know Liam Caroline very well. I know Stacey St. John very well. And just knowing what their backstories are yeah. and how they got to, to where they are in the world of accommodation business. Um, yeah. yeah, there are so many, so many lessons that I've learned just by watching these people over the last two or three years. But to have that condensed into one, one tone awesome awesome amazing so i've got one final question for you paul so for anyone who's looking to be a host maybe whether it's a bnb or serviced accommodation short-term rentals of any kind have you got any advice for them yes i have some very very practical advice um so i love hosting people here at sandfield guest house um however i know that some a lot of people have a very romantic idea of what that is and what that means. So my advice to anyone who's thinking about making a major, what would be a major capital investment in a massive house with huge overheads or um, bunches of cottages and short-term rentals or, or, or even one for that matter. Yeah. If you're in a regular job, in a corporate job, get yourself 10 days holiday. Having spoken to someone who already does what you're thinking about doing mm. and then go and volunteer for them. So uh-huh. if you want, if you want to run a, a B&B or a guest house, go to a big hotel and ask, I'm quite happy to work for free and do three days front of house, three days back of house, three days kitchen and restaurant and three days housekeeping. Then see how you feel. I love that. That's such a good idea. Because if you're running your own business, you'll run in your own business so you've got to keep all those plates spinning and if there are ones that you really can't abide with yeah it's like a four-legged stool <laughs> so if you take you take one of those legs out it's it's just gonna go sure. so that's my bet my best advice and i've given it to friends four four couples that i'm friends with they three of them took my advice one of them now runs their own guest house the others were just like no way the stuff I'm we saw that people were leaving in rooms or People are so rude when you're giving them bread. They were just, we thought it was going to be sheep and chickens and and lovely (laughs) people coming and enjoying scones and stuff on the lawn. No, no. Um, So yeah, my my best advice is go and and get some experience of it. Go and see what it's really, really like first before you go spending all that money and then going, I like this. Maybe maybe I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. I think as well, um, sometimes there are parts of it that people like more than others. So um, like setting yeah. up an interior design. So I guess that would help you discover which parts you like the most as well, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And if you're doing it as a couple, remember that when you get to the end of your day and you say to each other, how was your day then? <laughs> you effing know how my day was. Because you are, you are in the same building. You're in the same space. You're working, you're living, you're breathing. You, there is 
So you need to be able to manage separation time and yeah. be very, be very, very aware of how claustrophobic it can be. And you need to have valves. Yeah, manage that. <laughs> Mine is the Air Force. <laughs> just go oh, away. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to that. I could talk to you for hours, Paul. But thank you. Yeah, so that's much. very nice of you to say. Thank you. Oh no, it's really interesting. Your your um, RAF reservist work sounds really interesting too. So. Um, but anyway, it's brilliant to hear your stories, hear about how you're um, the Instagram expert and social media hotelier. Um, I think parting advice for our audience listening today, Service Accommodation Secrets podcast audience, is look up Paul, Paul Anderson, social media hotelier, to help you with your marketing so that you can get direct bookings if you're already a host and, and search them up for lots of um, Instagram inspiration um, but thank you so much Paul and wonderful to have you here today Sally it's been an absolute delight um, if people want to get in touch they can find me at the social media hotel on Facebook on Instagram um, just drop me a direct message I'm constantly I get I, I, I have a coach who's telling me stop giving people free stuff I just love helping people out so <laughs> Any questions, no such thing as a stupid question, just ask it, I'm always happy to help. It's all about service, is it not? Absolutely, for sure, I love that. Thank you so much again. Pleasure, thank you, Sally. Sharing the secrets of success.